are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. God, I just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your kindness, your goodness, Lord, uh, to this house, this ministry, to the leaders here. We give you thanks for the new thing that you're about to do, the new thing that, Lord, your word says it has already begun. Well, let there be an, uh, an anticipation, a hope-filled expectation in our heart for harvest to come. Because, Lord, whatever we, we sow, we will reap. And, Lord, let it be for your glory. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think the last time I, I was here, you guys still had service at 9.30 in the morning. So I, I really believe that God has already started a new thing, uh, a breakthrough. Right? So I want to start off by reading the story in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 15 to 19. Uh, it's going to be up on the screen there. Maybe it's a story you've never heard before. Maybe you've read it. Um, but I think it stands out to us as we start the new year. It's basically a story named King Jehoash and, and Prophet Elisha. But this is what it says. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground, and he struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will only defeat it three times. Now the phrase that sticks out in this passage is the fact that he struck it three times and stopped. And what I've noticed in my own relationship with God, in my own journey with Jesus, is that it's easy for us to go only as far as we need to go and stop somewhere along the middle in our pursuit after God. Because think about how you pray, how you approach God, you know, how you do your QTs and all these things when you're in a desperate situation, when, when things are desperate, when you need a need, when you need a breakthrough, when you need God to answer prayer versus when, when all is good in your life. I mean, can anyone be honest this afternoon and say, man, when everything is going good, my, my prayer life, my faith kind of coasts. You know, we go into cruise control, but yet when we find ourselves in desperate times is when we pray to God and seek Him like never before. And that's what I've noticed about blessing. Blessing, it, it has a double-edged sword nature to it. What, what's meant to bless you can destroy you if you allow it to. You know, if you make it comfortable. Blessing can deter your prayer life just as much as uh, discouragement can. But I believe that God wants to take this body, this group, this ministry to a new level, amen? To a new place of maturity. And I believe maturity is learning how to be content in Christ while never being complacent in our pursuit after Him. It's learning how to be content in Jesus, that no matter what your need is or what you don't have or what's going on, you learn how to be content in Him. And also learning when everything is good, the blessings are coming, there's favor, that your pursuit after Him, you, you, your prayer life, the way you go after Him and seek Him, doesn't become complacent. It's content in Christ, 
but never complacent in our pursuit after him. Now for me personally and the ministry I lead called Pursuit, I would honestly say that 2017 was probably one of the most significant years we've ever had. Uh, it definitely was a year of breakthrough. I don't know if it was for you or for this ministry, but at least on my end, I could, I could really say that it was a year of breakthrough, that God opened doors, I saw God do crazy things, uh, but it didn't start that way. Now I remember as uh, 2017 was beginning, uh, I would meet up with people, my friends, Pastor Sam and other people, and the thing on my heart was, man, this upcoming year, I, I'm sick and tired of just receiving promises and prophetic words, uh, and, and that's it. I finally want to be able to see them for myself. And that was kind of my heart heading into the new year. And it came out of a place of frustration, a, a place of like, is, some, is there something wrong with me? Is, you know, what, what am I doing with my life? Uh, what's going on? And, and based on all the promises and prophetic words, I believe that there's promises over this house. Amen. That there's promises over each and one of your uh, personal lives as well. And one of the promises that I've received in the past was that there was a gathering anointing on my life. That was a word I was given. Sam, there's a gathering anointing on your life. You're going to gather people in the region. And, and it encouraged me. It blessed me. I'm like, man, I got this gathering anointing. So let's do this pursuit thing. Let's gather the region. Let's get people to worship. And we would have like seven people come, including myself. You know? The next month, we'll do it again. I'm like, you know what? We're going to try this again. Then we have 12 people, and that's including the worship team. And after a while, it made me come to a place of like, God, either, you know, these promises are lies. You're a liar. There's something messed up in my life. Or like, you know, what's going on? Like, how can I have a gathering anointing if seven people come? It doesn't make sense. And that desperation, that frustration, a holy frustration drove me to pray. And I felt like that was kind of the... The, the jumping place of, I don't know what the word is, the, I, I can't think of the word, but, what? I can't hear you, I'm sorry, the heat is still up. <laughs> I think you guys know what I'm talking about, amen, but it was kind of the, uh, that jumping off place of, of seeing the breakthroughs happening. And once I started seeing the breakthroughs happening, and, and we had our biggest attendance ever, over 100 people coming, because that's a big jump, like seven to like 120 people. And it's like, God, you're real, you know, and all these different things. But the way I start, the way I approached God in the beginning, the way I sought God before I saw the blessing, before I saw the breakthrough, wasn't the same. I started getting comfortable. I started relying on my strength, my abilities, my giftings. And reverting back to the same place I was instead of allowing that desperation to keep me going. Right? Can anyone relate to that? And, and I believe that as we start this new year, the, the temptation for me and myself and the ministry is to now become complacent and go into maintenance mode. Right? Just maintain what we've built thus far. Just, just be in manager mode. Just manage things. Maintain things. You know, We're in a good place. So let's just go into cruise control. But I realize that's the last thing you can do. Because the thing about the kingdom of God when it comes to uh, the body of Christ and the church and all these types of things, it's that you're either growing or you're dying. The moment you hit stagnation, the moment you become complacent, the moment you stop going after it is the moment you start dying. And I want to challenge this ministry that the best is still yet to come. That it's time not to go into maintenance mode, uh, to just manage, but to really put your foot on the pedal and go after it. One of the, I was at a retreat yesterday, just as you guys were, and I was praying for somebody, and God gave me a picture, which I feel like is relevant for us today. And it's oftentimes when you're driving and you're going down on a hill on the highway, 
you know, you take your foot off the pedal because you don't want to go crazy or get a ticket or anything like that. But I felt like how you speed down uh, determines how you come back up. And I feel like God wants you to not slow down when you feel like uh, that's the wise thing to do. But I felt like the wisest thing for us to do now is to actually go harder after the things of God. Just like in this story, we see this king, he went three times, he went just enough to have defeat in the moment, but not after full victory that was available in Jesus. And I think God wants to take us to that place. So we could do what we've always done and maintain, but I think it's time for us to intentionally create places where we could dream and risk, dream bigger, take greater risks. So in 2018, let us go beyond our comfort zones and to seek God every moment with everything we have. Now, whether 2017 was good for you, maybe it was a year of breakthrough. Maybe for some of us, it was a year of breakdown I mean, or breakups or whatever. Uh, but no one wants to have a new year be the same, right? And obviously, no one wants a new year that's worse than the previous year. And I think as we approach a new year, we can say, man, new year, new me, right? Pastor Sam and I, we would always just text each other, man, this is our year. You know, that's what we would say. And then he got married and he stopped texting me that. So, you know, God bless him, you know. Selfish like that. <laughs> but I think it's, it's um, I mean, if we even look at it, oftentimes people's resolutions don't really last. You know, changes and motivations are so fleeting. I think the amazing thing that we have the opportunity to do together here as a community, the amazing thing about community is that you have accountability with one another, right? If one part of the body suffers, the Bible says the whole suffers. But if one part is elevated, if one part is celebrated, the whole joins in the celebration together. And I think as a community, as a group, coming off of a retreat, excited for what's ahead, we can make the decision and the commitment to go all the way. I mean, we already know what it's like uh, to give up, to go only halfway. But what happens when we don't quit, amen? And what would happen if a group of people, because you don't need a lot, but a group of people right here made, made a decision, made a commitment to say, let's go all the way this year. Let's go all the way to see what happens. Because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of halfway Christianity, right? Lukewarm Christianity. If Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus says that he spits out the lukewarm. He says that to a church. He says, because you are neither hot nor cold, you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. So what is lukewarm if you think about it? Lukewarm is room temperature. Being lukewarm is being room temperature. You take a hot drink, put it in a room, walk away. Eventually, that hot drink cools down. Get an ice cold drink, leave it in a room, walk away, come back, it, it warms up. That's what lukewarm is, your room temperature. In other words, your faith has been determined by your surroundings. Instead of allowing our faith to drive our, our, our situations, our, our surroundings, instead of being a thermostat in our faith, we become a thermometer, gauging the room, gauging, man, the, the pastor's preaching or the worship team uh, wasn't as good. Uh, the guest preacher, he's good looking, but maybe the mess, you know what I mean? Like we go into that kind of a place instead of allowing our faith to drive us. Are you guys with me this afternoon? Right? It's no longer being a thermometer, room temperature, but a thermostat, creating the atmosphere, creating a decision to not allow our circumstances, what's around us, the person's uh, next to me's faith determine my pursuit of God. I think that's a decision that every single one of us has to make. I love you enough uh, to the neighbors to my left and to my right. I love you enough to not let what you're going through to keep me from worshiping the Lord. I think that's what we have to say, that we're going to own our faith this year and go all the way. Not lukewarm, not halfway, but all the way. 
I made a decision a long time ago where I, I didn't want to be a circumstantial Christian. Amen. I want to be a faith-filled one. I want to be a word-based Christian. Not based on what I'm going through or who's around me, but to be based on his word, based on faith. Because there's a difference between going a long distance and going all the way. Right? Going a long distance versus going all the way. And I want to encourage this body uh, in the first Sunday of the new year to not just go a long way, not to just go a long distance, but to go all the way and see what God can really do when we give it all to him. Amen. That's the amazing thing about the new year. So we can make a decision this January of, of what we're going to do and who we're going to become and how we're going to seek God till next January. Now, oftentimes when we make a, a declaration like this or a decision like this, the temptation in these moments is to try and change everything at once and, and to change them as quickly as possible. The only way you could go all the way is to run uh, steadfast in pace, right? I've never ran a marathon, and to be honest, I never will, right? Just, right I, I'm preaching behind a pulpit, so I'm going to tell the truth. But the thing about marathon runners is they never sprint in the get-go, right? You, you run with pace. So if we're going to go all the way, it's, it's not trying to change everything, redo everything, launch 10 million projects at once, and do all this, but... Let's go all the way in pace together as community. There's an African proverb, I'm sure you've heard it before, where it says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. If we're going to go all the way, we're going to run together in pace after what God wants us to do. So the question is, uh, what can we do in this upcoming year that's different from any previous year? And, and, and from this place, I wanted to kind of shift it a little bit to focus on giving. Because as we approach a new year, we can focus on what we're going to get or what we're going to get done. But let's make a decision of if we're going to go all the way, it's going to start with giving. Turn to the person next to you and say, let's go all the way. Turn to the other person and say, then you better give. Right? How far we go will be determined by what we're willing to give. And I believe that there are three things that God has asked us. There may be specific things here and there, but from all of us as a group, as individuals, as a collection of people this afternoon, I believe there are three things specifically that God wants us to go after. So I hope you still have your Bibles with you. Uh, turn with me to First chap uh, Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to read from three different stories. I don't plan on preaching long this afternoon. But three, three stories, just in light of, of going all the way and, and, and making a decision to give. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 through 11. I'm going to jump to verse 20 and 24, 28. I'm sure it's a story you heard of, but, but it's about a story of, of a woman named Hannah. She uh, was married, and her husband had another wife, right? This is old time, so, you know, don't get no ideas this afternoon. But his other wife would have children, but Hannah herself was barren. And this is kind of her, her situation that she's in. So verse 10, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Verse 20. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. 
Now from that place, she, she uh, raises her son and, and it's time to give him up to the Lord to, to honor the vow that she's given, verse 24 to 28. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with the three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I'm the woman who stood, her, stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked for him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Now basically, Hannah's story is she's in such a place of desperation. She's barren, like I said. And she's praying so hard to the Lord that the, the pastor pretty much of the time saw her and was like, Man, this woman is drunk. There's something off with her, something messed up. She said, man, it's, I'm not drunk. There's just an anguish in my heart. And in her pursuit of God, she made a vow to say, God, if you give me my, a child of my own, a son of my own, then I'll give you my firstborn. I'll give you my firstborn. So I think the first thing that God wants us to give to him in 2018, in order for us to go all the way, is to give him our first. Right? I'm not saying that he's going to ask for your firstborn, Right? Or anything like that. But what's the first thing that we could give to the Lord in 2018? Or what's the first thing that you could give to Jesus in this upcoming year? The second thing that I believe he wants us to give in the new year is found in 1 Kings chapter 17. All right, turn with me there. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7 through 6. It says, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have, what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had, had told her. So there's food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. But the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, obviously, there's a, a, a tough time, a famine, a drought was in the time. So much so that this woman, she's kind of dramatic, right? She's like, man, I'm about to go make my last meal so we can die, right? That's kind of the place that she's in. And here comes Elijah uh, in obedience to the Lord saying, you know, make us, make me bread, right? Make me bread. And she says, man, I have nothing left to give. But in faith, she gives the last of what she has in faith to the Lord. And as she does it, we see God come through, a miracle happens. Later in the story, we see that her son dies, and once again, God intervenes. But in that moment, she was down to, her, the, la down to the wire. She had nothing left. She had only a little bit of flour, only bit, a little bit of oil. But as she gave it to the Lord, God was able to sustain her. So I believe in the new year, the second thing that God is asking us to give is our last. 
Maybe, maybe we're down to the wire in our faith. Maybe we struggle. Maybe we're just coming to church or struggling. I mean, whatever you're going through, what's the last thing that you can give to the Lord? Maybe you can say, man, I only have this much faith left. Man, I've been struggling with my job. I'm going through this with my family. I have nothing left. But what's the last thing that God is asking you to give? Now, the third and final story that I want to share with you this afternoon is found in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasure than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. I think the third and final thing that the Lord is asking us to give in the new year is our all. In the first story, we see a woman, Hannah, giving up the first. She's waiting for a son and keeping with her vow, she gives up the first. The second story is of another woman, a widow in tough times and a drought and famine, and she gives her last. The third and final story is of another widow in tough times. She has nothing left, only a few cents, but she gave her all. If we're going to go all the way in this new year, we're going to have to give our first to Jesus, our last to Jesus, and our all to Jesus. Amen? Our first, our last, and our all. Now, the three, if we look at these stories, I believe as we wrap up this, this message this morning or this afternoon, the thing that all three of these women had in common was a desperate heart and disappointment. And there was a desperation there. They've been praying to God, seeking God, asking God. They find themselves in tough situations and circumstances that, that none of us want to ever be in. That's kind of where they're at. They're desperate. They need a breakthrough. They need God to come through or else. And not only that, I believe the other thing they had in common was disappointment. I mean, Hannah was praying God, praying to God and asking for who knows how long she saw her rival, uh, you know, being fruitful and multiplying and all these different things. But here she was still barren. And there's a level of disappointment. Same with the second woman. She's a widow. She has nothing left. Disappointment. And the third story, I mean, who knows what this a woman had gone through, but she found herself in a circumstance, in a situation where all she had was just a few pennies. But no matter what they've gone through, no matter what they were going through, they still had a desperation in their heart to say, God, I'm going to give it, go all the way with you. If that means giving my first, I'll do it. If it means me giving the last that I have, then I'll do it. If it means giving all, I'm willing to do it. Because here's the thing about this appointment. We've all faced it before. Amen. I believe true victory is when you pray again after facing disappointment. That's what victory is. Victory is, is praying again after the prayers you've been praying for so long go unanswered. I think that's what victory is. There's a story of Reinhard Bonnke. He's an evangelist, a German guy. He's actually retiring this year, I believe. But he's a legend in the kingdom. You can look him up on YouTube and you see him praying for and preaching in front of literally millions of people. That's not an exaggeration, like a million person crusade in Africa. And this is what he said about praying for the sick. He said, I could pray for a hundred people and none of them can get healed. But for a hundred people, lay hands and faith and none of them get healed. The hundred and first person, I'm going to pray for that person as if the hundred got healed. 
I think that's what victory is, is that in the face of desperation, in the face of disappointment, victory is, is when you pray again, when you seek God again. Because we could, many times, our, our pursuit of going all the way stops because of disappointment. Or we stop because things get too hard. Or maybe it's a blessing, man. It's, it's so good right now, man. Well, I could just camp out right here. But the thing is, God wants to take us all the way. Now, when you're desperate, the amazing thing is, is that it births within us a willingness. Desperation births willingness. Because if you're desperate, you're willing to do whatever it takes to see God come through. But what place in our lives are we desperate enough to do whatever it takes to see God come through? And I think in His goodness, in His grace, in His mercy, there's an invitation for some of us this afternoon to ask God to give us a willing heart. That He would give us a willing heart. So I don't know what situations or circumstances you find yourself in or the thing that you're, you're praying for or the breakthrough you've been asking for. But I think that God still has more for us in this year. Amen. That 2017 was a hard, a hard year and you're so glad it's over. I believe that God has the power and the ability and the willingness to redeem it in 2018. If 2017 was a year of breakthrough, of blessing, then come on, let's believe that the best is still yet to come. That God will do even greater in 2018. The Bible says we go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. I don't want to live my life like that's just a nice saying, a nice motto. But I want to go all the way because what he says is true. Because what he says is true. Now, if you're in a tough situation, I, I want to I just share with you that God will use that to bring about the greatest breakthrough in your life. Amen. Any area of barrenness, God will use it to bring fruitfulness in your life. He uses the barrenness in your life to bring breakthrough in that area of desperation so that you can remain in pursuit long after the blessing. Long after the blessing. I believe in this year, it's time for us to remember the promises, remember the words, remember the dreams, remember, you know, just even your history with God and to hold on to them and contend for it. Maybe you haven't seen an inkling of it come true. Maybe if you look at your circumstances, it seems like everything God said he would do, you're in the opposite. I want you to know that oftentimes God is using that to take us to that willing place, that desperate place, to create a lifestyle within us so that when the breakthrough comes, we'll, we'll still live out that life. There's a story of a pastor in Redding, California, Bill Johnson, and, and God is just doing an amazing thing. They're a, a local church making a global impact. And people from all over the world literally go to this random city in the middle of nowhere in Northern California because of what God is doing. There's tons of testimonies coming out of that house of people coming out of wheelchairs, people who have, um, you know, doctors that say, man, you only have a couple months to live, experiencing amazing breakthroughs. And they've received all these promises, but their testimony is that for years they didn't see a single person get healed. Until uh, a, a, a man of God came in and just spoke to them and encouraged them. And it was because God isn't hiding from them before them. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, this is what it says. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Now, I don't fully understand it, but I do understand the principles that God doesn't hide from us, but for us. Because as he hides for us in our seeking, in our pursuit of God, it develops within us faith that maintains long after the promise is fulfilled, long after the blessing comes, so that it's a lifestyle. 
Man, I'm not stopping because God answered. But with that answer, I, I'm, I'm entering into a greater level of breakthrough, a multiplication place. And I believe God wants to do that this year for this ministry. Amen. That this year, let's believe for that. That God is doing something for us. It's the difficulties in our lives that God uses to bring about our greatest successes. Because it's in the seeking of God and the pursuing of God and chasing after God, we learn how to steward what he will eventually give at the right time. So that we can steward it well. So that we can steward it well. The harvest to come. So that we can steward it well for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, for all that he wants to do. So as we wrap up this time this afternoon, let's make a declaration together as a community, as a group to say, we're going to go all the way this year. If it means giving up the first, whatever that looks like, maybe it's the first you know, 30 minutes of your day, instead of going on Instagram or the weather or news, maybe we can spend it in, in the Word. Maybe you're at your last uh, end of the rope in your faith. You've been coming to church, you've been praying, and you feel like you have nothing left. But to make that decision today, say, man, I'll give it one more time. I'll give the last of what I have to the Lord. Maybe it's our all, or maybe it's all three. Whatever it is, I believe this afternoon, God wants to speak to you personally, individually, with conviction of the Holy Spirit of what he's asking you to give to him this year. Not about what we get or what we can get done, but what we can give so that we can go all the way. So Father God, we just want to take this time this afternoon. Just fix our eyes on you to orient our hearts to you, to invite you and give you space and time. Lord, we're not in a rush. We're not in a hurry. But Lord, we want you to speak to us individually, Lord, corporately, as a body, as a ministry, of what going all the way looks like in this new year. God, what is it that you want us to give in 2018? What's the first thing we can give? What's the last thing we can give? What does giving all look like for us this year? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come to speak to us even right now. Open up our ears, Lord. Speak, Holy Spirit, so that we can go all the way. We don't want to stop. We don't want to camp out. We don't want to quit. But Lord, we want to go all the way. So God, I thank you the 2018 that we can expect from you with hope, with faith. That, Lord, a harvest is coming, that springtime is coming, a change is coming, that the best is still yet to come. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.